0: Okay, ramblers,
1: let's get rambling.
0: Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a
2: thing. i funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse
0: you? With all due respect,
3: what the are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration?
2: What the
0: is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me which
3: one. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know
0: that. English, motherfucker. Do you speak it? Are you listening to me? How's my together is my together. Nice personality combination. Hostile and intolerant. So that's
2: that's it then. No one else really knows anything.
3: Oh <laughs> well, it looks
4: like Base and Jack, something huh? We have an assistant on the board, Let's See how she's doing today. Looks like she's going to be a quick learner and fun to have fun to have on the show. S P futures up three and a quarter, Nasdaq futures up thirty two, Dow futures up three. We were slow yesterday. But we crept up a little on the closer, mixed up in the Dow, pretty much flattened the S and P down a little bit in the Nasdaq. Uh, very slow day, as you would sort of expect in a, in a between Christmas and New Year's week. Not much traffic, not much stuff. Um, Kevin, are you with us? I am with you. How are you?
2: I am always with you, Tom, though.
4: Um, yeah, well, you don't want us to have you... T- you don't want ha- us to have us... Want to have us talking about you, though. Just saying.
2: Yeah, you know, just use the right adjectives in front of my name.
4: Well, last night, I uh my uh, dude I was supposed to meet <laughs> has a bad cold, so I didn't meet him. So I went to the club and dropped downstairs and met my usual gang down at uh, O'Neill's for an adult beverage, and, uh, the, uh, somehow or another, we, started, we got on the subject of football and travel, and, uh, we started talking about uh, Madden not flying, and how you had to take trains back and forth, and finally got the coach made for him, and Greyhound was part of it, and all, stuff. So just as we're talking about the guy, he comes across the bottom of the tape, John Madden dead, I'm like, ugh, <laughs> how, how freaky, well, it's your fault, I, I'm not going to go that far, I'm just saying, what a freaky occurrence that was, um, just saying um sorry you know what
2: it's um he's he's one to celebrate though first of all uh you know he absolutely loved what he did whether it was broadcasting or whether it was coaching um I, i just i tweeted this out with the link but i just got done watching the um the raiders uh his super bowl year 1976 i watched the nfl uh films highlights and and the the great thing was i don't know who the announcer was at the end when they were carrying him off the field but he, he said john madden's smiling ear to ear he looks like a slit watermelon <laughs> no,
4: no there, is, is that a, i don't know if that's a compliment or not what is that i,
2: I think it was a compliment. Um, but uh, but what I what I remember about him as much as anything, and and I always think of this when uh, when uh, when I hear of, uh, anything about Madden and have over the years, is that that year they they were oh let me see what was their record that year uh, it was um, uh, thirteen and one in the regular season so they went into the last game. And Stabler was out, but they, you know, he was asked before that game, are you going to sit out all your regulars because, it, you know, this game doesn't matter? And his response was, why do I need any kind of a reason to win? Of course we're going to play to win. Um, and, uh, and he did play all of his regulars. So I, and Stabler missed a few games that season, but, um, but, uh, but, but, Uh, so he used Mike Ray I don't know if you remember Mike Ray the Southern Cal quarterback wound up being the starter in Tampa for a couple of years uh, in their early, in their formative years when they couldn't beat anybody Um, but uh, but he, you know, that was his attitude is, you you know, you you go out there on Sunday, we got a game, we're going to go to win it, and I think that, you know, is a pretty cool attitude.
4: Um, Yeah, he the uh, interesting thing about him is not, well, that he won the one Super Bowl, but his his, his coaching record during the year was, was really unbelievable. It was like 103 and 32. I mean, nobody does that anymore.
2: He was, yes, yeah, 103, one hundred and
4: 7. The, uh, but the people, the teams he lost to, he lost, uh, let's see, um, in the one, two, three, three times in the AFC championship, and ones in the divisional round, to the Pittsburgh Steelers which was you know
2: a, a, one of the great dynasties a, of the 70s yeah a, a, a generational yeah,
4: really a generational yeah. team and every and virtually every game was one of those last minute the immaculate reception you know some some very controversial play <laughs> it was same way the Miami Dolphins AFC championship game He I mean, went to the AFC championship game um 5 years in a row i mean that's that's pretty unbelievable One one year they won They lost the uh, lost to Denver well, The
2: year after the Super Bowl They uh, lost to the Broncos In the AFC Championship yeah. game Yeah So that's mm-hmm. One, two, three Out yeah, of uh, uh Four, five That's five in a row Yeah
4: um, But it was It was it was interesting The way he would Well a lot of John Mann's life Was interesting But you're right He enjoyed what he did he Loved Pat Summerall. Everybody liked being with him And he and he would just You know the idea that, that With all the tailgate And stuff He'd go and he, he, he had a, a thing with, you know, he never played any uh, pro ball. He was, he was drafted by the Eagles, and he hurt his knee in, in, a, in training camp and never played. And he went to coach for some high school, evidently, the, 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 the head coach was a Don Correale. Somehow he got into the Don Coriel tree. So he was at the high school for a little bit, then he went to a couple of different colleges, and immediately was at Oakland, and, uh, and was given the job at age 32, and the head coach got fired or quit, I and mean, he was like, he was like a linebacker's coach, I mean, they knew the guy had talent, and, uh, obviously he did, and, uh, you know, what a, what a great life, I mean, uh, uh, he, he really, he obviously enjoyed himself, he made he made some money, which, um, I suspect if he'd have made half as much, he still would have enjoyed himself still just as much, um, but it was, I love the, the trains, and the, he, he wasn't, he wasn't worried about, you know, his his air thing was, he was just claustrophobic. He didn't, he didn't want to be locked up in a, in a plane, you know, we he couldn't get out, uh, and then he went with the trains, and when he was, he was, he was a regular on the Lakeshore Limited, Amtrak was thinking about giving him his own car, evidently, but, uh, some Greyhound bus, they had people at his disposal all the time, They used it for PR, Then he ended up buying his own coach, and I don't, I don't know if the Greyhound guy still drove it or what, or he had his private people, but, but he had, uh, the Madden coach, and, uh, you no, know, good for him. I'm sorry he's gone, but uh, good for him. How much? How much money do you make off his Madden game?
2: Oh, good lord! Uh, I, I can only imagine. And and how many people only know him because of that? They they just know that there is this thing called Madden football. Yeah. And uh, and, and and you know that that's all there is to know about him. That uh, you know that this guy was a uh, you know some kind of football guy who has a video game <laughs> named after him.
4: Well, see, he was before the the the. Well, Oakland always was kind of a, I want to say somewhat of a dirty, roided-out team, but he was before the, the big roidsters, wasn't he? Alzado and uh, Matuzak and those are the guys that just were disgusting at it.
2: Yeah, it seems to me he had Matuzak on his team. Let me take a quick look here. Um,
4: and those guys were, they were, over, they were over the top. They're all dead, <laughs> which shows how far over the top they are.
2: Yeah, but he, you know, this was this was a team with Ted Hendricks, Bill Villabiano, uh, Otis Sistrunk. Um, oh my goodness, uh, um, you know, Skip Thomas, uh, Willie Brown. You know, these are all if, if you were a football fan in the uh, in the nineteen seventies, you knew all these names really well because they were really good players. Jack Tatum, oh yeah, uh, you know, Neil Colsey, and Matuzak was on his team at that point. Let's see. How old was Matuzak at that point? Um, yeah, he had been in the league a few years at that, at that point. In fact, it was... I always Matuszak thought, Mac-
4: the, uh, to talk dad. about one of the shots, I, I, I doubt if it would be considered politically correct today, but for some reason, they hit him on Monday night a couple of times and Howie Kalsau uh, loved... They they played a couple of really cold Monday night games and Otis Sistronk had, had no hair in his dome, right? Uh, follically challenged, I think would be the term. So he'd take his helmet off, and he he must have, like one of those guys that ran hot, he sweated to beat the band. And on a cold night, instead of putting the, the baseball cap on like they all do now, he would just sit there with this huge hunk of steam coming off his head. <laughs> and Howard Cosell we go, you don't believe this guy kind has of steam coming off this guy's head. <laughs> <laughs> I think Otis Sistrunk got to the point where he kind of liked it, so he would make sure he wouldn't put the hood on or a baseball cap or whatever. Oh, definitely
2: it's, not. You got you to gotta have a, uh, some kind of trademark, don't you?
4: But, but the, the steam, it looked like it looked like one of those open sewer things in New York, with just team just pouring off the guy's head. But, but he was a hell of a player, Otis Sistrunk. I mean, yeah,
2: that team. Uh, that team had a uh, one thousand yard rusher, which was a big deal in the fourteen game season. Uh, do you kn- can do you know uh, who that was, was? Was
4: it Marcus Allen?
2: No, actually, Marcus Allen wasn't there yet. Uh, Marcus Allen was '80s. He played for uh, Flores, Tom Flores.
4: Okay, uh, when he was there, I'm trying uh, to think who was but it.
2: No, it was th- on a team with uh, Clarence Davis and Pete Banasek and uh, you know some some good rushers. It was their fullback, Mark Van Egan.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. He came from and where he the, was their
2: a thousand yard rusher. Was the fullback? Um, that, that used to happen, and, and so now nowadays people would say, uh, "What's a fullback?"
4: Yeah, well, that used to happen. the Bears leading rusher before. Well, I'm sure he had way more yards total. It was uh, Rick Caceres. and uh, Jim Taylor was the, was uh, sure. Green yep. Bay's, and obviously Jim Brown. Uh, I mean, uh, the guy in the in, uh, Pittsburgh would have would have been a fullback had he played ten years before. Jerome Bettis, we got Notre Dame.
2: Well, yeah, um, yeah, and, and actually, uh, it, it, technically, Franco Harris was a fullback too, because Rocky Blyer was the halfback.
4: Yeah. But he was more of a, I mean, he was a running, well, but the halfbacks blocked, I you mean, know, in those days too.
3: Yes.
4: I mean, if, uh, if Matt Sweet carried the ball, Walter Payton blocked. I mean, it was a, and, you know, it, it's a, it's a set that, uh, uh, is still effective today. It's just a lot of people, unless you have the right person. Let's put it this way: If you had John Riggins, if you had Franco Harris, you would find a place for them. They'd be some kind of a, a combination. Uh, you know, full, they'd probably line up in the fullback spot. They'd go out for passes like a tight end. And they'd block. You'd, you'd have them on the field someplace. It wasn't like you wouldn't want them. They'd still be one yeah, of your. Most
2: people go with a one-back set, though, and yeah. and if they're going to have anybody else in the backfield, it's going to be a tight end who comes into motion and just sets up to block in the backfield.
4: Well, I mean, it's. To be, you know, I mean, I, I, the the idea of the old school football, I mean, if this, this is going to sound simple, but, um, you know, I, I did do some, uh, uh, what should we say, offensive coordinator calling plays for a pretty good touch league, which is somewhat the same. But the idea is if, if you're going to block everybody, uh, you know, you can do that. You get to point of attack and if you do the things right and all that stuff. But if you take your, your end and you move them out to the sideline, like forty yards away or twenty five yards away, and somebody has to go with him. The guy's as good as black, right, Kevin?
2: If you, you, yeah. If, I mean, you, if you're, you're not by the ball, what, yeah. how do you
4: care how you got him there? Yeah, I mean, so you, so what? What these guys want to do now is they want to they want to spread stuff, and the, and are and the, the, the line the way they do the line blocking. It used to be that the, uh, uh, and it still does. I mean, football doesn't change. But you you you're, you want your guard and your tackle, say, to open the hole. The fullback would be the first person through, and he would take on the linebacker, the, the what they call the, the second layer. Well, Now they call it the second layer, what they used to call it in the old days. And so the halfback would would come in. So the first guy into the hole, the fullback would take on, or the blocking back would take on. Well, now what they do is they, they try and, and have it in such a way where you, you double-team one of the guys, the lineman. You try and do it so quickly. That one of your offensive linemen and the two best guys at this, well, that I know of, the, the guy's Jordy Nelson, the guy from uh, Indianapolis, from my, Notre Dame. He will, he will, he will glance Quentin off. Nelson. F- Quentin, Quentin Nelson. Nelson.
2: Jordy, Jordy Nelson's a sissy wide receiver.
4: Alright. That's right. Uh, so he, but he would, he, his, Quentin his.
2: Quentin Nelson would take
4: offense. Yeah, but he, but his point, he, he engages the person at the first line and then he heads for the person in the, in the, in the second line of defense. That, that's, that's the, the all-pro guards now essentially take on two people per play, right? They they do enough with the first guy, maybe with double-team help, but then they go to the second layer, like the fullback used to do. Am I correct? Yeah, I think so. Now, I don't think very many guys are capable of doing that. That's why those guys are all pro. I mean, there's probably ten guards in the league that, that can do that, and, they're, and that's why guards are starting to make almost as much money in tackles on, on some teams, right? But it's very few guys. It's not every guard that does. I'm like, I, uh, I think I am correct yeah, there. Yeah, and,
2: and, um, and again, as you as you look at the um, uh, the Raiders line um, from those days, you know, it still mattered to have have good linemen. And uh, and darned if you didn't have the left guard was Gene Upshaw, and the left tackle was Art Shell. Yeah. <laughs> so.
4: No two hall of famers, two serious hall of famers, and they and you had a left handed quarterback. So they would mess some teams up because they ran predominantly left. Most teams run predominantly right. But I say predominantly, you know, 65% of the time. It's not 100% or every team would know about it. But they would run. So that would kind of screw teams up too because they were the opposite. Oh, that,
2: that year, uh, Stabler completed 66.7% uh, of his passes, which was unheard of in those days. In fact, if you if you round up, because now I'm looking at, at that, the quarterback lineup for that time greasy uh, at 59 six so if you round him up to 60 percent there are only four quarterbacks in the league hit 60 percent of their passes and the reason is everybody look at that now and say well geez everybody hits 60 percent um you know as long as they're not playing for the bears and uh but in those days you could work over the receivers all the way down the field you know you could play bump and run 40 yards down the field if you wanted to until the ball was in the air you could you could maul them now you're not allowed to touch them after five yards so uh... lest you get an illegal contact penalty so of course you're going to complete a whole bunch of passes you're you're gonna uh... your guys gonna, gotta get released and you know the, the, the pass defense now is is Either either pressure the quarterback into a bad throw, or see if you can bait him into a bad throw uh, by disguising your coverages because he's going to complete a bunch. The you know the only question is, can you get some turnovers in the process?
4: Well, he had uh, he had Dave Casper for three years too, so there was another. Yeah, he
2: had Dave Casper that that uh, that that season they had um, Cliff Branch and Fred Belitnikoff and Dave Casper for their three primary receivers. That's not bad.
4: Well, yeah, you, you don't. I mean, it's unless you really pay attention, really at any at any sport. The only sports where you're 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 somewhat on of an island is probably baseball. I mean, if you're a a a crapola right fielder, the left fielder really can't help you, right? I mean, the center fielder maybe if he if he's really really fast can help you some. But but in football, you can. I mean, Jay Hilgenberg, I listened to him before the Bear games a couple weeks ago, and he about the Bears' lack of speed at the outside receiver? They got this one guy who was supposed to be real fast, but he hasn't really helped him very much. And Robinson's been out. So, I mean, they're, they're, it's not like Nagy's had a full deck the whole year. I mean, he certainly hasn't. Uh, but, like, Hilgenberg goes, you know, I, used to, I played center for a while. We had Walter Payton. We had a good team. He said, no, but all I know is it's pretty dark. Whenever I went down to put my hand on the ball to, to center it, it was pretty dark. And all of a sudden, we got Willie Galt. It was a lot lighter. <laughs> So People were like, who the hell's that guy? And somebody who used to be right near me is now out helping cover him and made things a hell of a lot easier. I mean, yeah, it, no kidding. I mean, it
2: just... <laughs> and, and it made Dennis McKinnon into a very good receiver. Yeah. Uh, because he, he had single coverage all the time.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, you, you know, the fastest guy, I mean, you can say what you want about all those old the uh, Dallas Cowboy teams and this great receiver, and obviously Stalbuck was a hell of a player and they had all those good guys. But, I mean... I mean, if you went to sleep at night as a defensive coordinator, you're worried about Bob Hayes. Right? Because how the hell do we guard this guy? You know, he's, he wasn't the world's greatest receiver, but he was the world's fastest guy. Literally. Right? Didn't he win the 100 yard dash in the Olympics? Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's like, okay, we better make sure there's two guys on him because nobody can stay with him. He didn't have great hands. He wasn't going to go up and, I mean, he, you know, he had pretty good hands. It wasn't way better than anybody we know, but, but it wasn't, you know, he wasn't, uh, Who's the guy from San Francisco? I mean, his receiver did everything perfectly. Uh, some people, he was the best player that ever played. Uh, tells his name. I'm talking about the wide receiver for San Francisco.
2: Oh, Jerry Rice.
4: Yeah, I mean, I mean Bob Hayes was not a Jerry Rice, but in a lot of ways he instilled even more fear in certain areas, right? Because, I mean, you just... <laughs> uh,
2: well, yeah, because you were always worried about him getting behind you. It was the same thing with Willie Galt. Willie yeah. Galt wasn't... A Hall of Fame caliber receiver, but he was a deep threat every single time he lined up. Yeah, and he could he could blow past his guys, so you always had to have somebody deep uh, on him, somebody who was just backed way off, and and whose job was to try not to let Galt get past you. Uh, and it was the same thing with Bob Hayes. And then if you have a Drew Pearson on the other side or somebody like that, then uh, you know all the better.
4: Well, now the big thing is is the slot receivers, and that that really started as a. As a as a big of offense to the forty six defense, was a slot receiver, and then you would, th- you would essentially throw over the the blitz. Correct. I mean, there always were some kind of slot receivers. Then now, cause you had a. Th- you, there would be a third down receiver, but now there now it's every play. You have a slot receiver pretty much. And now the, the slot cornerback is is a real position. I mean, a lot of teams only play two linebackers, and they play a slot cornerback. They play an extra yeah, cornerback. They play a nickel uh, all yeah. the time. Yep, but. Uh, Anyway, Kevin, I was uh, a, yeah. You
2: look at you go back, you go back and look at that wide receiver core. Um, Blitnikoff, Hall of Fame, Casper Hall of Fame, and you know Cliff Branch isn't, but he could be. Yeah, he <laughs> could know? be. He was. He was. Uh, um, you know, they picked an all 1970s team. He was the uh, uh, second team uh, wide receiver. Went to four Pro Bowls, three times first team All Pro. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's a good receiving core.
4: Well, I mean, it kind of...
2: And Ken Stabler throwing to him a Hall of Fame quarterback.
4: Is there some sort uh, and,
2: of a... And yet, you know, the offense was geared around a, a fullback getting 1,000 yards, uh, which made all the rest of it, uh, you know, uh, really, really difficult to cover.
4: Well, you know, is there some sort of a uh, unwritten guide, I mean, I love these unwritten guides or rules, that only a certain amount of people from can, be in, can get in the Hall of Fame from... Uh, like one team, especially if the team didn't win eight Super Bowls or something, it's almost like you can only have as many people on a team get in the Hall of Fame as like, well, not the Bears—they had more people, but uh, you know, Super Bowls that you won. It's, it's like uh, you know, like Cliff Branch can't get in, but I doubt if uh, what was the guy uh, who played next to Uh, uh Briggs. Oh,
2: Lance Briggs. Lance, but clearly, yeah, I don't know if Lance Briggs is quite that guy. Anyway, um, you know, really, you know, close. If you if you go look at his uh, his career, he was outstanding. But um, yeah, it's 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 hard to say. Uh, you know, would uh, would an Otis Wilson make it, or would a um, um, uh, Wilbur Marshall? You know, the, the reason Wilbur Marshall won't make it is because he spent uh, the last part of his career away from the Bears and wasn't.
4: Used in the same way, right? But I'm saying he was probably one of the top five linebackers of his decade, easily, easily. Wilbur Marshall.
2: He, yeah, and he certainly was when he was with the Bears. He was. Wasn't he a first-team All-Pro? I'd have to look.
4: Yeah, but him. he also, when he played, they said he was one of the the highest people ever graded out of the draft at that position. But when he went to Washington, he didn't blitz, but he, he made a bazillion tackles. But it was just different.
2: Yeah, he was he was incredibly fast. I mean, for for a guy his size, he was he was a freak of uh, um, a freak of nature in terms of how fast he was. Which, but well, know, it's, 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 I don't know what that's like being that fast.
4: Oh uh, yeah, an
2: interesting interesting experience.
4: I just you know, when you look at people, these are all fine people and and, and terrific ballplayers. But what for the luck of God they were on a team and earned in the Hall of Fame and they won Super Bowls and well, there's notoriety. If you'd have put them on, I'll use the term a regular team, you wouldn't even know who the hell they were. I, I would put uh, Jack Jack uh, Lambert in that group. If he didn't play behind uh, Mean Joe Green, I don't know if you'd ever heard of him. but who was the guy on, a, on a, who played behind uh, the Dallas guy, who played behind Bob Lilly all those years? He was like he was like a 210-pound middle linebacker, but he never had a shed of center in his life because they double-teamed Bob Lilly every play, right? It doesn't make him a bad ball player. I mean, if you put him on the Bears, where where the the Bears' front was, the two tackles are ten feet apart, and the and the middle linebacker was was supposed to take on the center by himself, he would not have excelled in that kind of system, right? I mean, but you know, I got, but Butkus was big enough to do that. Nitschke was big enough to do that. Uh, those kind of guys, but they were in a different system. And but, uh, what was his name? Well, uh, Jack uh, Jack uh, Lambert was the one guy. Who, who was the uh,
2: Jack
4: Cam, Jack Lambert. Uh, but who the, was the Dallas guy I'm talking about? Played behind uh, Bob Lilly all those years. He's in the Hall of Fame kind of room.
2: Oh, let me see if I can find him.
4: But, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, is, is the, the team you land at. I mean, uh, you know, Doug Buffon was a, was a great ball player in, in, the, in the scheme that the Bears ran until Buddy Ryan showed up. Now, Buddy Ryan wanted his outside linebacker to be able to be sideline to sideline, and Doug wasn't that fast, but... In space, if you came in his area, Doug brought you down. I mean, he was every bit—he he was like Briggs to, uh, to you know. But you're not going to get every linebacker on the Bears. Not going to be in the Hall of Fame, especially on a team that couldn't win, right? When they couldn't win anything, so you had Sayers, you had you had Butkus, and you had uh, well, Wally Chambers never did because he never lasted long enough. Uh, but he had Alan Page. Uh, but he a lot of what he was in the Hall of Fame came from when he was on the in the Vikings. But a lot of it, you know, it comes down to reputation and who you land with and the people around you if you're comfortable with. Basketball, same way. I mean, in these team sports, unless you're such a huge outlier, you know, either the biggest guy or a Michael Jordan or somebody like that, you can be, you know, you, you could conceivably be on a team that just didn't match up with you. Uh, and, you know, and that's the way kind of it works. Kevin, in the second half hour, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, and I, I was ranting away yesterday, and I want to be a little clearer about it today. This what I think is costing people, me included, by this this we'll put out all these numbers when we want to the general public and we'll tell the other people before. I, I okay. am I am gassed on this and I'm sure you probably have an opinion if you listen at all. Uh yes the S P futures um yeah, by the way,
2: Leroy Jordan? Yeah is that who you're trying to think but of. Yeah. Great,
4: you know he's a great ball player. I mean if they have but but I don't I don't know that he if, he if he's not behind Bob Lilly. I remember Butkus being in the booth uh when an '85 team was going, who they had their fridge and uh, McMichael and uh, well, Hampton had moved out to ends when the when the fridge was there, right? That's so, right.
2: Um, and uh, uh, there, there was still sometimes Hampton would kick in yeah. if if he wanted to play inside, and when he did, uh, I'm trying to think of who the other defensive end is because the, the, um, there there were uh, three defensive ends counting Hampton that played regularly
4: on that team. Well, I mean, they asked, they asked Butkus, they go. Dick, you think he can still play play today or something like that? And he goes, "Yeah, these two, ta- trying these two tackles, I think I can make a tackle or two. <laughs> these guys, these guys will help me out more than anybody ever did." <laughs> you know, so I mean, these guys immediately look to the people around them and say, "That guy makes life easier for me, right?" <laughs> SP you know. SB Feeder's up three. Next, uh, uh, Nasdaq Feeder's up twenty-six. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks.
0: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds?
4: Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at ptisecurities.com.
1: That's ptisecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. Innovation and Human Resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona.
4: Stocks, and jocks. And jocks, Stocks, and Jocks. You are out
3: of control. Right here,
4: right here, right here, right now. Laura won't kick Jacks. somehow, Matt Weber and Assistant Elaine on the board. SP futures up 175, Nancy futures up 21, now uh, futures up 1. And the Dow's been up five days in a row. We'll see if they make it a sixth really don't see any sellers anywhere. Uh, and we're kind of going to that, into why that is maybe in a minute here. And why I think I'd have been longer if the Fed had fed me the numbers. They obviously fed other people, not that I'm bitter. Uh, Nikkei down 162.6%. Shanghai down 33.9%. Hang Seng down 194.8%. Uh, so we've got pretty reasonable sell-off over in Europe, Asia, which is kind of surprising. Dax down 61.4%. FTSE up 61.8%. Decker around down 9.1% the uh, wave review yesterday. We were kind of mixed. The Dow was up 95.2%. S&P was down 4. Eh, pretty flat. NASDAQ down 89.6%. NASDAQ dipped right on the close. It looked like it was going to come back, and then it didn't. Uh, bonds, uh, 1.49, so up one basis point. Uh, when I say bonds, I'm talking about 10-year yield. But uh, uh, I should be saying the bond. I should be quoting the bond. I'm not I'm giving you the yield. The bond, minus point two two. 022 it's up one basis point again, gr- grudgingly moving toward zero. I don't know if they'll make it. Uh, Japan, uh, same uh, positive point zero six. Uh, oil down forty one cents, but seventy five fifty seven. It's up like nine dollars, maybe eight and a half dollars in the last couple of weeks. So uh, Brent up uh, uh, down twenty seven cents, but seventy eight sixty seven, pushing towards eighty bucks. Natural gas up thirteen cents, four eighty. Again, this is a pretty decent move from like 390 or 389 a week or so ago. Natural gas was never as volatile, but it is now. Our Bob uh, unchanged at 224. We've got gold down 14 bucks, back under 18 dollar, 1800, As Soon it gets over 1800, somebody smacks it. Silver down 24 cents, 2287 again, flying vigorously between say 21.5 and 23.5 and cannot break out either way. Copper down 3 cents, 439. And we've got Bitcoin down another 1000 so that's a long way down from the 63000 a few weeks ago. I uh, don't know what that means, but it's quiet and it seems like it's, it's heavy. That's a, that's a trading floor term. i say something's heavy, but it looks like it can't can't get higher. Uh, Maddie, what do you have for whoever is doing traffic weather sports? Let's do it.
5: Hey, Chief, how's it going? Good. Good, good. All right, this is my first time doing this, so let's do this. Uh, You'll be good. Just. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's give it a go. All right, Blackhawks last night, that game was postponed. Uh, coyotes lost a shark last night 7-8 in a shootout uh, In college football, Notre Dame beat Pittsburgh 68-67 Huge loss last night, legendary coach and broadcaster John Madden passed away last night At the age of 85 Sending well wishes to him, and, uh, his family uh, In traffic, there is a closure Due to a structure fire um, Between 26th Street and 25th Place uh, Over on 290 West There's an accident uh, Just before Illinois 171 South uh, further down, uh, 290 East, there's an accident and a disabled vehicle at Costner, and going further down, 290 uh, West, there's an accident in the right lane blocked, uh, right before just Plains, and over here we have on 55 South, there is another accident uh, just off the expressway there, um, over by Central Avenue South, and it is currently 6.37 a.m. And that's everything.
4: There you go. What about <laughs> the weather? What about the weather?
5: Oh, the weather. My goodness gracious. It's dark
4: out. That's the weather.
5: It is super dark out. Uh, we're looking at... Oh, my goodness gracious. Don't I'm worry so about sorry.
4: it. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. You should...
5: It's currently 34 in Chicago. Uh, gray skies. And it's looking like we're going to have a little bit of snow, high humidity today. And uh, in Phoenix, Arizona... There's an ad that pulled up. I'm very sorry. No problem. Uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, we are looking at... Phoenix, Arizona, we're looking at uh, similar weather. Um, it's going to be a bit of a light snow today in Arizona.
4: Really? Wow. That's Elena nash Nice job for your first time.
5: <laughs> Thanks. i am sure I'll have it smoother next time. <laughs> well,
4: the, I was uh, one of the uh, interesting, I, was, I don't know, I got this thing from Core Digest. So I was going to actually do it, if I knew how to work the board, I was going to do it just to give Matty Weber some grief, because uh, he obviously he does a nice job on this stuff. And, and, uh, and, and for your first time, he did pretty darn, pretty darn good, too. But evidently, before Don Knotts got on uh, the Andy Griffith Show, he used to do a skit where he was the weatherman. Oh yeah! And uh, I watched one of them on uh, on Wikipedia. It was absolutely hilarious. Where he was standing there with, uh, and he had this this big you know handwritten map of the United States, and somehow or another his assistant didn't get him the weather report from the National Weather Service, so he <laughs> starts stumbling around. <laughs> trying to talk about, well, we think it's a lot warmer down here like in Florida. You see, Florida's down on the right side of the map here, and, uh, and, and well, way, way better than like Seattle. I think it's a lot colder in Seattle. He had no idea, but he was hilarious. <laughs> He's so, like, I'm just gonna, so I was, I
5: was gonna, gonna make it happen as I go.
4: I was gonna, I was gonna play that for Manny Weber and say, here's Manny before he gets out of the air. Yeah. <laughs> Where the hell's that weather? My, my computer's down. Oh my God. Half the, of
5: the time it's 50-50 anyway. We say it's one right. thing, and then all of a sudden it's like, "Whoop, surprise!
4: Oh, yeah. So what's <laughs> the... Uh, What's what's the what does the uh, what does the guy say in our in our in our introduction? Sixty percent of the time, it happens all the time, or something like that.
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> anyway, anyway, nice job. Thank good, you. And good to have you on board.
5: Thank
4: you, thank you, Kevin. What do you think? New blood, eh?
2: Hey, I I, I think just fine. When in doubt, just say the weather outside is frightful. That that yeah. works and. Uh, and you also, when you're talking <laughs> about weatherman skits, uh, you you must not forget George Carlin. Oh yeah, the uh, hippy dippy weatherman. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. With with the hippy dippy weatherman with the hippy dip, uh, hippy dippy weather man. <laughs>
4: <laughs> with an increasing darkness toward night, or something like that. <laughs> oh God, was he, he was he was funny as hell. Anyway, Kevin, why why am I so pissed off about about this Fed? I, uh, I mean, just it's my area. i and, and um, You're always
2: pissed off. What you know? What can I say?
4: Well, I, out of
2: all you're the... you're just you're just a damn dour individual.
4: Um, what can I say? I, I I am when it comes to I I don't as as you know, I, I like I like the world to be fair. And if you, and if, you if you think the world is going to be fair, you're going to be dour once in a while at least about this stuff.
2: Oh, once in a while, huh? You're going to yeah. be constantly PO then.
4: But I mean it, it, there there's there's a few there's a few constants in this world that, that I thought I could always uh, count on count on a constant. How's that? Um one is your your government, when it when it came to certain things, you could at least count on them. That if if they say they're going to come out with a money supply number at ten o'clock on a Wednesday, I'm not naive enough to know to think that not anybody gets the number uh before somebody else. Okay, and I have a reason for that, and I'll tell a story in a second. But the idea that it's supposed to come out on a Wednesday, but maybe not. Maybe Thursday, maybe Friday. Uh, Kevin, what what are we doing? I mean, I, I've never seen that ever.
2: This is mo- the well, mo- you you have to make sure that uh, everybody signs off on the pre distribution so that uh, uh, you know then then you can um, then you can release it to the schmucks who who uh, who get it late.
4: Just as a little bit of history on this, way back in the da day when I started on the floor and we started when Volker was fighting inflation. The biggest number of the week was the weekly money supply number. Because if the money supply was down, it meant that Volker was making progress in his quest to squeeze money out of the system, and so that he probably wouldn't have to be as stingy with the money next week and pull as much out because he was making progress in his quest. So every Thursday night, it would come across the tape at, I think, 10 after 3 or 20 after 3, whatever the hell it was, maybe quarter after 3, and it was, it was it, w- it was like... When the crop report came out in the uh, in the trading places, literally everybody, effort when the when the market was closed, ran over to look at that number. And but it was you know, and I, I and I assume the president knew the number and a few other people beforehand. But now uh, volcker or not Volker, Powell has decided we don't want to do uh, money supply numbers by the week anymore. We're going to give them by the month. So until yesterday, uh, the last money supply number. That I was privy to, and that you would be privy to, was from October 23rd, Friggin' October 23rd, really, so, so long about, the, uh, I mean, the last, the last time, the, 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 was the October number that came out November 23rd, all right, so, what so I was wrong there, but, but here it was, December something something, and the last number that we have is from October, when, when they used to give you, on a Wednesday or Thursday, they used to give you the. the we-
2: that in this era of big data and the ability to accumulate and crunch data quickly, that number should be available up to the second.
4: Yeah. Well,
2: you, you have to- I mean, there, there's no excusing that. Oh well, we have to. Uh, um, you know, we 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 have to. It takes time to to gather all of it. No, it doesn't.
4: It's, it's I don't. I don't think you know. Available everywhere. I bet you don't know bank balances to the end of the day.
2: Okay. All right. So let's 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 put a one day lag on it. Yeah. That ain't that ain't October.
4: No. So so then you, you, you know, when the last one came out on November twenty third. So like I said, it comes on on or about that. So on the twenty third of December, me and guys like me, if there is any anybody grumpy enough, start looking for that number. Well, what was yesterday? The twenty eighth. All of a sudden, the number pops out, and the, uh, the uh, and by the by the way, the one I gave over the earlier in the week was the Fed balance sheet. That's supposed to come out on Friday morning. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Kevin, maybe Monday, maybe Tuesday. I mean, it's it's, it's unconscionable.
2: At, at its most benign, that's just complete incompetence.
4: But these are these are tradable numbers. Let me, let me say this: the Monday of this week. We had a massive up move in the market. We're up seventy-five points in the S and P, and I was thinking, "Wow, this is this is normally a a uh, an up week." Uh, generally, we had the one down week a couple years ago. Generally, this is a positive week and a slow week. I mean, if you were to say, uh, "What what would you expect?" To, every trader on earth would say, "What would you expect?" The week before Christmas and New Year's, and people would say, "It's going to be slow. A lot of people take vacation, and we probably creep up." That, that would be the trend for, not that, not that every year you can't bet on it, you sure as hell can't trade on it, but, but that would be the, if you would have told me last Friday what these two numbers were, I would not have been surprised at the move on Monday. Not at all. These are, these are tradable numbers. These aren't, these aren't whether somebody got a sunburn six months ago or nobody cares about it anymore. These, these are tradable numbers. And they're coming out haphazardly and I am, I am not dumb enough to believe that other people aren't getting these things on time or earlier, and I think you know what kevin that that's that is criminal for god's sake that's it's beyond unconscionable that's criminal in my opinion
2: yeah i i I hear it, it, it and you know what do you and and the it, when I say what are you going to do about it i mean there's there's a helplessness a resignation um that that if you ever you know read anything from people who uh sort of lived through uh soviet Russia at the height of its um you know at, at the height of its uh, uh, uh control over the population there um if you if you ever read any of that that kind of resignation the oh what are you going to do that's the, the way the government is is exactly what the attitude was there
4: the government wasn't like that until eighteen months ago. But now all of a sudden they get they got this this big of balls to decide they can do this. I man we talk about resignation. I was uh years ago and a guy did not the guy just croak? Uh, George Schultz. Was he like hundred and one or something? I think he just died. Uh, he was Reagan's uh he was Reagan's Secretary of Treasury and Secretary of State. He's a brilliant man. Uh and uh yeah you know, I don't know what Secretary of Treasury was, but he's a brilliant man. He uh he uh was on one of the early morning talk shows. And so I'm driving on a Saturday morning to take my mom to breakfast like seven o'clock in the morning back when nobody listened to this crap. So they're interviewing the guy. And and back this is a day where this is back in the day where people actually ask real questions. And the uh the announcer says, Well, uh Secretary, uh when when those numbers come out, like the labor numbers and all this other kind of stuff, he said. Obviously, those numbers are tradable. This is, I don't know, I forgot who the announcer was. He knew what he was talking about. He goes, those numbers are tradable. He goes, who, who gets the numbers early? He goes, I understand the president, you know, he, he can't be walking to the helicopter and two minutes after 7.30 you say, president, what'd you think of the labor numbers? And he says, what labor numbers? You can't do, you know, obviously you can't do that. We all know that. Uh, he said, funny you should mention that. When I, when I got the job, I asked the exact same question. And somebody gives me this list of, I won't tell you how many, but a whole bunch of people on this list. And I'm looking at the list and I'm going, what does this guy got to be on here for? Who's he? He said, I I started pulling people off this list because I've never had a bigger fight in politics to pull people off that list. Finally I said the hell with it and I gave up. This is the Secretary of Treasury. this, This is 50 years ago, for God's sake, or 45. Now these guys say the hell with it, we're just going to give it to the general public whenever we damn well, f- whenever we're done trading on it, we'll give it to them it, 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 at least at least I, I, I can't even get over the, 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 the attitude here, Kevin in the, in the, in well, and in I- in
2: the attitude, Tom I, I, I think it, it really goes whether you call it ruling class, management class whatever you want to call it um, you're talking about people who think they have that coming Oh yeah. Uh, you know that, that they, they deserve to know it in advance there's an entitlement that goes with that that is just pervasive in government. Period, uh, and pervasive. It, actually in a lot of circles, uh, in addition to government, and it, it's just it's really permeated uh, everything we do. And it's you know it doesn't it's not good it's not good for, it's not good for society not good for our uh, our country. Um, and uh, unfortunately, it's it's the way things are and. Uh, well, it's getting worse. You, you know, know I, I hate to be so resigned to it. I You know, I, I'd like to, I'd like to be able to push back on it, but you know, how how do we do that?
4: Well, so so I mean, what I mean, what's next? They won't even, I mean, if the labor numbers come out, and they say, well, the labor's number won't come out on Friday at seven thirty. It'll come out to you, schmucks, and we damn well feel feel like it. I mean, I mean why isn't that next? What's the difference? I think we need to correct. Uh, you know,
2: put them in a cage with a gorilla. You know, I'll give them the beaks treatments. Yeah, giving people the beaks. Treatment well, you know, that'll
4: take care of it. it there is a certain, you know, you and I are from the Midwest, and I think a well, lot of our listeners are from everywhere. But the first time I kind of ran into this a little bit, I'm in the, I'm in the OEX pit, and of course, there's a gazillion people in there. From when I say gazillion, there were 250 people in one spot, so you're pretty close to everybody, and you better get along. <laughs> so, or one way or the other, or else not get along. And so uh there was, there was a. A guy in one of the one of the other pits. I I, I don't know if it was IBM or it might have been telephones, one of the two. And uh, the the kids, one of the guys who traded in there, his dad evidently uh, knew the VP of finance, or now what do they call him, the CFO, and he of one of those companies. So the old man would always get the call an hour before the earnings to say what the earnings were. So the, the kid in the pit would would get the number and uh the only problem with that is is on the fed numbers i'm going to say i would be 9 and 1 or 8 and 2 trading ahead of fed numbers labor numbers earnings numbers not so much because the person has you know you got to the the, the uh, earnings call and all that kind of stuff not 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 near as much of a it's it's a tradable thing i'd probably rather know than not but it's not something you can say every single time it's a layup so i'll be honest with that but the, so I said to my buddy, I go, wait a minute, how does this guy get the numbers before, uh, you know, before anybody else? That, that's, you know, BS. The guy goes, well, they went to boarding school together. I didn't even know what boarding school was. This was, this was long after I graduated college. I mean, Maris High School was was kind of bad enough. You went there, it was like an armed camp. But the idea of going away to high school and Living in some dorm and everybody's paddling you all the time. <laughs> I wouldn't want to no part of that, Kevin. Evidently, the guy says to me, "Well, that's why you go. Put your, that's why you go to boarding school is to meet people like that, so that stuff happens to you." And I'm thinking that just because that's why you go there doesn't give you doesn't mean you get the right. I mean, but they're like, no, that's oh, why.
2: You, but that's you know that's the Ivy League mentality. Yeah. too. is is you, you know getting into school there is getting a club membership. And it's a club membership that's going to pay off for life.
3: Well, uh, it, it's it's not just you
2: know it, it's not just a great education. In fact, you could argue that it's no better an education than you can get at lots of places. Uh, but the uh, but membership in the club means that you uh, you get you know you get the information flow that goes with that. Um, you know, Notre Dame's a pretty good alumni network, um, but uh, but it ain't the Ivy League network.
4: Well, you don't get a couple of C students. In some society, we lay naked in a coffin, staring up at dead animals running for president at the same time. If that school is like, uh, you know, Northern Illinois or someplace, just saying.
2: Well, and, and and there are lots of successful people, you know, incredibly successful people um, from others, you know, the the not named schools, not prestigious schools. Uh, you know, they, uh, the perfect example is Mark Cuban, who who went to Indiana. Yeah. Um, and uh, but you know, is is he typically cast as sort of the outsider? Um, you know, not not taken as seriously as as many others. Well, he's you know he's made a hell of a lot of money and uh, uh, and he's been highly successful. But yeah, he's he's still kind of not not fully accepted as you know as as the totally serious Ivy League person.
4: Well, yeah. I don't, well, there was a lot of people. I'm not going to disparage the guy. I happen to like the guy. He was on the show with us once, and uh, uh, when John was still on, and uh, he, was, he was very nice. And uh, but I mean, the idea of you uh, well, I, I know, sell, selling your company uh, t- to somebody who just had to have it and never even used it, and you ended up with a huge splash of cash on your on your plate. Most people wouldn't think that was a lifetime of accomplishment, like somebody who. Actually, run a firm that whole length of time, or something. I'm not saying it isn't, but and he's done a lot of good stuff afterward. But you know, oh he, yeah,
2: well, and, and look at it like this: They're, you know, in, in veering a little off topic, there are people who are really good at startup and either want no part of it, they get easily bored with the uh, running a going concern, or uh, um, or it's just not their skill set. Their skill set is ideas and startups, and uh, and that may very well be. Uh, you know his forte more than anything else um so you know that that's that's not unusual at all in the world of entrepreneurs there's there's a lot of entrepreneurs that have started up you know six seven eight ten you know even companies and as soon as they get them going then they sell it and move on to the next one because that's the that's the chase that they love
4: well and there's people that invest i mean i obviously run in all kinds of them when my my, my my job and uh there's traders and there's people that make their living different ways and uh but once in a while you'll come across somebody who you know uh you know whatever heard on tv or did something they plunked all their money in in, in one stock back in the day and uh and we haven't had really a a bear market in in, in 12 years and i just keep pouring money into maybe even one or two stocks and they just keep going up i mean there's people that are that are that are microsoft millionaires there's certainly people that are apple millionaires i wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that, uh, uh, I mean, that, that's what they did. They they bought and they held on forever, and, and their asset just kept flying up. I mean, it's like, you know, somebody who bought three houses right on the low, because that just happened to be when they were in the business, and, and all of a sudden, ten years later, they've all quadrupled. Somebody else, we know, might have bought three houses, and uh, ten years later, at the same price. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, we start talking about um, asset, uh, that, that's That's what I think Kevin kind of let me down a spot I don't have much time, but it, that that's kind of what's wrong or we're not what's wrong it's different than uh than maybe a generation ago or two generations ago i mean uh, building wealth was was making forty grand at your job when you were living comfortably on thirty and ten went in the bank now, if you invested wisely and what you know you're IBM and it went up a little bit, or telephone went up a little bit and you got, you got a dividend on top of that. Well then that was really a good idea. But the, the whole, most people didn't think that I'm, you know, I don't care about my job. I mean, I'm never going to maybe be able to make money, uh, because I'm getting paid more than I'm, than I'm spending. But oh, by the way, my 401k is going to, you know, quadruple this year or, or I'm going to put some money in an Apple and Apple owes me 20% a year. And that's how, this whole idea that, that asset appreciation is the same as uh, income over what you need to live on is 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 a really bad long term outlook of the world. I think. I mean, because uh, it, it you you should be able to amass wealth by earning money more far more than you need to live on. I think. You know, but I, boy, who, who thinks that anymore?
2: Uh, we, we live, uh, we live in search of the big kill.
4: Yeah, I would, I would say that, except for the, you know, the people that, uh, you know, maybe got PPP money or maybe had terrific years the last few years in their business or the remaining entrepreneurs, um, or, or, you know, people who work for huge companies, like, I'm sure you could amass a bunch of wealth working for uh, a monopoly. I'm sure the people that work at top of Microsoft do very well. I'm sure the people who work top of the Commonwealth. I'm talking about, 80, 80, up to eighty five percent of the population i'll bet they don't save well i guess when you put money in your 401 cave that's saving okay so i'm not going to discount that but by and large you're you're looking for asset appreciation and investments to make you wealthy instead of which is somewhat dangerous because uh you know if, if for every if, if you assume for instance that the your growth in the, in the Dow or, or, the, or the S&P is going to be 6 or 7% a year, which, by the way, is somewhat high uh, uh, over a long period of time, but say it's 7%, and all of a sudden you had a couple of years where it's 25%, and now you just delude yourself that I'm going to be 25% in here forever, uh, and not thinking that you might come back to the mean and that we're so far over 7 that may come back. I, don't, I have no idea where the market's going. Uh, but... To, to think now that the Fed's job is to make you money over there. That's, you know, it's just a, it's a different way of looking at stuff, Kevin. And then and the last chapter has not been written. And I mean, and I'm not capable of writing it at this point. Well, right. that,
2: and that that's really the problem is it's not, it's not tried and true methodology. It's, it's hypothesis at this
4: point. Right. Kevin, we'll talk to you later in the week and we'll talk about the, uh, all the games this weekend on Friday. Uh, cause we got a lot of stuff. We get. what do you think? Joel's guy's got a chance? Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. They do. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I live to see Joel happy. So, uh, oh, yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure he'll be pleased to hear that. Yeah, we've got to get uh, Joel to come on for a few minutes uh, and, and kick it around a little bit. On yeah,
4: we right maybe way. should. Okay. SP Futures up a whole 50 cents. NASDAQ Futures up 15 bucks. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks.
0: Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, dark and dark. stocks and jocks. You are
3: out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now! Right Welcome
4: back to Saxon Jackson. I'm Mr. Matt Weber and Mr. Exactly. Elani Nascimento. On the on the do I, I, I do have that right, or right, Don't I? I think I do.
5: It's Eliani. Eliani? Yeah.
4: Um Really?
5: Yeah, Eliani. That's Actually, I like, it. That's I, it. I, like it.
4: I like that better.
5: Thanks. I think I like it better
4: too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I would also. The, the uh, it's not all that obvious from looking at it. That's how you pronounce it.
5: Yeah. No, I've gotten some strange pronunciations. Usually, people call me Alien, like an alien. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm not from here. I'm from out of space. That's cool.
4: My first guess would <laughs> have been it would have been Elian.
5: Yeah, I get that too. I get Elaine. Uh Elian. Yeah, I get all kinds of but it's Eliani.
4: Good see if you see if you know it's all the canc- or all the vowels.
5: Yeah, right. And then there's always people adding syllables that aren't there too, so you know, try to not overcomplicate it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I've, I've probably had one or two people in my entire lifetime to pronounced H right. so, <laughs> so A U G H right. I know the drill. SB <laughs> futures unchanged. Nasdaq futures up eleven fifty. Russell, how are you, buddy? Happy New Year!
3: Happy New
7: Happy early. early what is it? Uh, new Year's New Year's Eve or New Year's Eve Eve? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm road tripping. My wife's driving me to my new bachelor pad in Indiana right now.
4: Um... Is she gonna put like a whole bunch of her pictures around in there and help you out?
7: Oh God, yeah, she's plastering posters of herself all over the place.
4: Well, there you go. That's not a bad yeah. idea. Yeah. She wants. Oh,
7: that's the boudoir photos were uh, my Christmas gift. Oh God!
4: <laughs> <And then laughs> anyway, I got you I,
7: speechless and laughing in ninety seconds.
4: Well, you know that's that's not so bad. I uh, um, are, you, are you gonna be? Are you in downtown Indy? oh uh,
7: yeah, yeah. So be awesome. Uh, they told me it's the oldest uh, mid-rise building in Indianapolis. So it's been there since the 1860s, I think.
4: How far are you from the local coffee shop and the local watering hole?
7: Uh, everything that I need is within .8 miles.
4: .8 miles. Yep. No.
7: no yeah. I, 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 you know the, I, I pulled out a little uh, protractor or compass or whatever the one that draws the circle is, and I was like, all right,
1: here's a, here's a mile
7: within my office. What can I find?
4: You, you can tell you can tell creatures that didn't grow up in Chicago, no? in Chicago, you would have said everything's within five blacks or six blacks.
7: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 making my life walk lock, walkable down here.
4: Well, what percentage so, of your time hey, are you spending there?
7: Uh, during the school year, um, Monday through Thursday, Maryland Monday through Friday, actually.
4: No, can so, can the wife and the, then, the daughters come down and visit?
7: Uh, Any time. We're about down here. You guys want to come? to... You know what? We we should if you guys can get us press credentials for the uh, college football championship, uh, we can do a remote.
4: Uh, Manny Weber has been the world's greatest producer ever, but he's uh, failed miserably at getting any kind of press commens- credentials. Uh,
7: we got we got to work on that. We really do. I know it's. A, it's a, I, I don't know why we're not all hanging out sideline at bear games.
4: He's got he gets A's and B's and everything else he does, but he's a solid F on press credentials.
7: Uh, i i you know I, I really do feel like right now would be the time to get bears press credentials
4: bears yeah why because nobody else wants them
7: exactly yes you nailed it. Yeah.
4: but but, well, but the, uh, so so you're going to treat the bears like they're the dogs of the dow
7: i'm just saying that you want to buy low. don't you think we probably you think if we tried to get bulls press credentials right now it, it it may have been easier about four or five years ago
4: oh yeah absolutely maybe even last year go.
7: Um, well, I got an in with the Kane County Cougars. So we'll, we'll
4: do that. Okay. Well, hey, by the way, what uh, are, are you? Are you a, a proponent of the Dogs of the Dow? Uh,
7: I am. I am. Um, but with a uh, twist, the, the Dogs of the Dow have been based on dividend yields.
4: Okay. So, all right. So, they, expli- explain the difference.
7: They have, they have not cut their dividend anytime lately.
4: Well, that's why I I, I asked you this question because. I've heard about 16 different, 16 different iterations of the dogs of the Dow theory in my, in my many years mm-hmm. in the business. It, it started out as the, uh, the, 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 bottom, what, five performers of the 30 or, or bottom seven yeah. performers. And, uh, but then it was, uh, price and then some of you had back dividends and, but then now, uh, well now, I mean, it seems recently they, they throw out all those stocks and some of the stocks they threw out have done very well after they've been tossed out, like Honeywell and a couple others. So you almost have uh-huh. to keep track and and buy the dogs of the dow that got got booted. Uh, you know, as opposed I to bought, the
7: one. I, I bought GE when they got booted for that very reason.
4: Really? We, yeah, did. You buy they Honeywell? Got
7: booted, and you know the stock was around six or seven, and I was like, you know, "It's not like GE is going to fail." <laughs> so they did.
4: They, they did they, their best.
7: I mean, they're. You know, we had the banks that are, you know, systematically critical to the GE's right
4: up there. Can you, can you have you ever ever seen a company with his, with the entire uh shall we say executive suite be taken over by the new kids? I want to give you this somewhere back, and, and you can get arguments as to whether GE took advantage of the resolution trust itself or or not, but. It's, it's, it's a fair statement to say back in the late 70s, early, probably early 80s when the resolution trust was happening and they were the, the last inflation episode. That's why I, I yeah. still can't understand why people are not afraid of it and they aren't. Uh, all these, all these properties ended up in the peop- in other people's hands for like 30 cents on the buck, 40 cents on the buck. So it was a ma- a massive wealth transfer. Sort of like we saw in 2007 and I unfortunately predict mm-hmm. we will see again soon. Uh, but GE had a triple rated, uh, and they, and they would use their triple, triple A rating to borrow short term to buy long term properties. And they basically would buy, uh, T bills or would go out and then, and, and, uh, they, they could essentially loan at the same rate as a T bill, right? Because they were triple A. Yeah. So they would, they would, they would borrow shorthand to buy these buildings and wherever they were, businesses long term. So GE Capital would, in a few years, became over fifty percent of the revenue or the certainly the profits in the company, wasn't it? Even even with oh, the no. aircraft engines and yeah. the, that's back when they still had light bulbs and still had uh you know appliances, I mean you name it, they had everything. And uh but GE Capital, those were the guys that got the big bonuses, right? Those were the guys that essentially took over the place. And for the mm-hmm. next what, twenty years? Twenty-five years, thirty years the interest rates that they were able to borrow at like twelve percent and still make the place worthwhile because they were getting somebody else's asset for thirty cents on the buck. As the interest rates came down, those became the best buys like ever, right? And then, yep. but then even they ran out of gas. They, they 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 became so red. These these pompous asses basically took so much money. And uh, I, don't, I don't even think the head of the aerospace division was even like it was even invited to the, to the 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 yearly party or what. They they, they became. The part that went over the fence last, right? They,
7: they they were the ones that, and I've been in a division like this before. Uh, that I'm not showing my face at that party.
4: Yeah, because <laughs> these other guys they were they, they were the ones drinking the champagne, and you and I were drinking the Budweiser, right? I mean, it was
7: we, we were we were like making the five minute appearance and picking up our name tags, so they knew we showed up.
4: Yeah, so we showed up
7: but never seen.
4: And all of a sudden, as, as things got worse. In the last 10 years, that part of the business essentially blew up, right? They couldn't wait to get rid of it. And they ended up, they ended up selling it probably less than for what it was worth, didn't they? When it was a a lot of the GE capital. I
7: I think they're, well, I'm not sure about the capital division. I I don't want to go down a rabbit hole on GE, but I think they're in the process of getting ready to split it into three.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, the three that are left. Aerospace and, uh, 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 medical. They're huge in medical now. They kind of saved them. The medical stuff, right?
7: Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a very strong area for them.
4: So it's medical, aerospace, what's the third? I should know this.
7: I mean, maybe consumer product. Could be, could be. Uh, they, they still make a life bulb or two, I'm sure.
4: So when do you, uh, are you are you back with the new semester? Are you on quarters or semesters?
7: I'm on both. It's a complete, it's just a complete mess. Um, graduate is quarters, and undergraduate is semesters, so the... Really, the, I, I finally get to teach uh, undergrads in person. Good for starting, you, uh, January tenth, which I am really excited about. They are my favorite students. They're not, they're not grumpy and jaded by life. You know, they're, like, they're, they're still, you know, they, they they're not skeptical about everything. So what? What I year? From, I get enough of that when I talk to you once a week.
4: Yeah, so <laughs> so it's all it's only because I've seen I've seen too much. What uh what year? I know. What year? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, junior. And, when, and so what, what, it's been so long. What do, what do people take in junior? It'll be
7: the, it'll be the first finance class that they take. The first finance class they take once they, uh, um, start to work their way up in the Kelly School is, uh, the one that I'll be teaching. And I, we call it corporate finance at Loyola. I can't remember what, I, I don't know what it's called.
4: so you're, so you're, you got a number. Alright, uh, so you're teaching, you know, what, what, what are stacks, what are uh, bands how to, how to...
7: Um capital budgeting, how to use the dividend discount model, um, the uh, portfolio diversification techniques and uh the last couple of weeks are derivatives. So we do a little bit of futures and options for the end. So if I, I at a very high level I make them learn about dicks because uh, maybe I'm just being totally arrogant here, but I feel like if you take a class from me, um and I don't at least spend a few minutes on VIX, it's kind of a waste of the knowledge I've accumulated.
4: So if if I wandered in and started talking about dividends and said you never want to give out a dividend because you're giving out money to perfect strangers and you really want to just buy stack stuff because you give yourself a stack option and you want the stack price up, would I be like Rodney?
7: Uh, A little bit. We'd get into it on that one. Because I do say... I do talk about you know, the difference between investing for income and investing for growth and you know, how and capital gains taxes versus dividend yields and being, or dividends being taxed differently and how at their stage of life, they should be a little bit more concerned about growth. Whereas uh, eventually at my stage of life, I should be worrying a little bit more about generating some cash, which you can also do with options, and I'll get into that a little bit too, but not, not too much.
4: And then what are you teaching in the grad level?
7: Graduate level, I'm teaching um, similar stuff, but it's a lot deeper. Uh, and then I'm teaching uh, basically financial accounting to uh, non-business majors that are in the healthcare area.
4: Okay, well that's cool.
7: Which and that's and that, that's where in the past couple of weeks uh, I've talked about how inflation hasn't hit healthcare yet. It just has. It's a function of. Uh, how they go about buying things in hospitals and they're on annual contracts so I, I i'm gonna have a keep a really close eye on the january and february c p i numbers and see if my students are correct and that we'll see a big bump up in um healthcare commodity and healthcare services costs
4: well okay now when you when when you do that I've been on a, a rant here for about a week regarding. How, if government numbers, if you can't believe them, how it screws up pretty much everything you're trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you were going to have a, a, a long-term contract with somebody to provide, you know, whatever it is for the hospital, I, mm-hmm. I have, to, I have to assume now that somebody's going to wake up and want an escalation clause. And you now, what, what do you, what, now, it, you know what? It'll be, I,
7: I do have a couple of procurement people in that class and I, and they're going through that process right now. I doubt they've had it in the past, but I would not be the least bit surprised if the if the suppliers need to put a couple of uh, safety nets in there for them. And I'm, I'll I'll ask about
4: that. Well, okay. The question I, w- I want to get to is when I when I was doing that, and people have heard this a hundred times. Um, you you sort of trusted the CPI. I don't know if if I was in the in the healthcare business, why why would I trust the CPI?
7: Uh, there's a big disconnect, but, uh, you, you know, I think year over year, when we got a couple a couple months ago, year over year, uh, healthcare services and healthcare commodities, which is, you know, the band-aids and all the kind of stuff you have to buy, uh, I think the commodity one was, actually had a negative
4: that's what on I'm saying. the
7: year-over-year uh, year price change.
4: What I'm saying, what, what we, that's,
7: that's what led to the, I broke it out because I wanted to uh, try to introduce inflation in the class, and, you know, I go to break CPI out, and how in the world can I talk about inflation when it's a negative and in their industry?
3: Well, that, well, that's And, and I, I pointed, that,
7: that really led to a great discussion around how, um, you know, there's more of a lag in those costs.
4: Well, I mean, there's a, there's a, we, we, when I say we at, at Pullman, you just use the whole CPI. We, we didn't break out the steel and the other stuff because we, we sort of trusted that it was all going together, which it sort of was in those days.
7: It's it's not. It's not uh, now. If I were in front of my computer, I would tweet out a, a distribution, and, and it's pretty wide. The, the ones that were really the high end and the ones that wouldn't be totally surprising, the used cars. Um, I think the household equivalent rent, which is how much would it cost for you to rent the house you live in? Um, uh,
4: I'm going to say it's... Those, um, those,
7: were, those were, and then some raw material things. I'm going to say the that, that the... Uh,
4: you can't use that one. It's up like 2.5% on a year, and housing prices are up 20. That's, well, that's, my, that's my point. You, right now, if you were to, I mean, we, we were believers in those days. And, and I, I really don't think we got, we got nailed too bad by being believers. But right now, if I was going to, you know, you and I were going to sign a contract to build 25 houses for somebody for the next 10 years, there's no way on God's earth we're using CPI as our number. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we'd use, but uh, it better not be CPI. I mean, the price of wood's gone up what double in the last two years?
7: Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I mean, I was it you that that said you priced out the deck and then got a different quote, and the quote went up a bunch, a number? Or uh,
4: was it was somebody who was on the show with us? Somebody? somebody? Yeah, we talked.
7: I mean, we talked about. Yeah, we talked we, about, yeah, about the topic coming up.
4: I think well you know i have uh, the uh if, if, if this is the weird part i i love to do you know I wouldn't mind doing some research but i've i've done i've been doing work you know the place I live now for probably ten years and I have every receipt that I've ever used is 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 it, is it a is it a communist plant that those receipts from ten years ago even if you keep them in a cool and dry place become unreadable after a year uh yeah oh
7: yeah they they do start uh, to fall apart on me
4: but, I mean, I, I should be, I, I actually would have the number to go back and say, hey, I bought a 2x4 at Home Depot in, uh, you know, 2011. What is it now? I, I could actually probably do that, going back through all my stuff.
7: Now, that's, that's why I always cite my McDonald's breakfast, because it's the same restaurant. Where you, well, it's not the same restaurant anymore, going I have to come up with a new one in, in Indiana. But um, in the time that I've been on the show with you, which has been about four or five years, uh, my daily McDonald's
4: breakfast has gone up by thirty percent. Why, uh, why, Russell? I mean, I, and, and, a good, and
7: part of it was a bump in property, ta- or I'm sorry, in um, sales taxes in in Chicago, which right? Doesn't make it in the CBI, does it?
3: No,
4: I, I just, I'm, why do you suppose there's no uh, in the law in in the, in the procedure? No matter, no matter how good, how can I say? It? I don't have any any issue. What, <laughs> what the poor guy or lady whose job is that to get the cereal and rice number every month and probably works their fanny off making sure that they get brown rice, white rice, yellow rice, there's a million different, the detail in the CPI is, is dramatic. I, I, I would say that the person who does that actually gives a crap and actually does a good job and, and, and comes up with those numbers that are as accurate as they could possibly be. I, I honestly believe that. I mean, it's like, it's like you, you, you can say what you want about the CTA, but 90% of the people drive a bus, you get on there, the person, the guy or lady does a great job, they're friendly, they get you where you want to go without running into a building. I mean, I mean, most, most people still do what they're supposed to do, right? I, I think, but all right, all right. so, so, but somewhere there needs to be kind of a, I don't know what you I mean, you, you could have your guy, there needs to be like a a 20 year check or something. You know, There's
7: um they di- I I did dig into it an awful lot partly because we talk about it but again because I wanted to, to to make sure I knew what I was talking about when I presented it to a graduate class and um they revamp it every couple of years
4: they they revamp it the, yeah in terms of the basket
7: of what what they think we're spending money on
4: right they're, they're, uh, in terms of the basket but they still yeah. don't well since I've been on the show. And basically been ragging about the medical stuff. Okay, mm. it has gone from, I'm gonna say when many I first started doing it was 10 years ago or something. Damn here. Uh, I'm gonna say that the medical piece of the basket was 5.5%. Now they're up to 7.6 or something. So, yeah. okay, so somebody somewhere said, hey, if it's 5.5 is like really too low, I mean, I, I get that, but come on, it's 20% of the economy. I mean, you're moving in the right direction, but we'll all be, we'll all be, our grandkids will be dead by the time they make it to 20 at this pace.
3: Right.
7: It's, uh, it's yeah, I, I, I looked at the distribution and, uh, you know, not everybody's buying a used car over and over and over again. Uh, I, I felt like it had a higher, there are lots of things in there that people outside the bubble would, would, and where I consider us outside the bubble. Um, but people outside the
4: bubble would say that you know that's not really how
7: I live my life. Well, no, but it's so this, is, this isn't how my personal household budget's
4: going. Uh, no, but you could say that for everything. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say yeah. that in the, in the in the in the Rhodes household, if, if I could put parts of where the CPI absolutely don't fit, I'm going to I'm going to put the the, the the Russell Rhodes and gang. In the part that says, oh, "Let's see, higher education is six percent of the, I, I believe is memory now. Six percent of the basket. I'm going to say for the next decade in your mm-hmm. in your household, it's going to be way more than six percent of your basket.
7: Starting in a couple of years, yeah, and most and definitely.
4: And someday, but, well, someday yeah. you're going to be you're going to be seventy five and uh, or eighty five and somewhere in there. And I'm going to say, even though I'm sure you'll be very wealthy, that uh, that uh, prescription drug costs are going to be way more than like two percent of your
7: basket. Oh gosh, yeah. I no, well, I don't know if they are yet, but um, of course they. Yeah, uh, it, it, but you know that that's where we end up with. Um, you just kind of gave an example of how come it's uh, a smaller percentage then it would be, you know, like let's just say higher end costs or a smaller percentage across the board than they would be for me starting in two years, and that's just because there's a large number of people out there that it does not impact.
4: Well, the because I want right? I want to give you grief because you're you're uh, you, you never usually do this, but I'm going to I'm going to accuse you of this, all right? Even though it's not true, of being a little bit upper crust with your your part about the used cars because you and I have talked about. You know, what, what's it going to take to get the person off the, off the sofa? Now, whether he's making unemployment or too much or whatever, we can leave that for another day. But what does it take in this world to get off the sofa? And I did this calculation five years ago, and I said, okay, if somebody gives you, and you and I have been in this boat <laughs> back in the day, if somebody gives us a $5,000 jalopy, basically, you know, you could get something three years ago that ran pretty decent for five grand. Uh, yeah, your beater. get You buy the beater. Somebody gives you the money for the beater, the uncle or somebody, and uh, just the money, if you're going for a $10 an hour job, which now are probably up to 12, uh, or 13, yeah. if you're gonna, it would, I calculated 66 hours of work just for tax on the beater, you know, cause they pay, still charge you 6.5%. Yeah. Uh, title, uh, title, state, state plates, city sticker, city parking permit, it was your first 66 hours of work. Well, now in two years since you and I have been talking about it, the beater is now ten grand. All right, the same friggin' car. Yep. So now, yeah. So what, what does that do to the guy coming off the sofa for his twelve dollar an hour job? I mean, now he's paying even more. They doubled the tax on the car, right?
3: Yeah. So, so
4: six. So what? Six and a half percent of now ten grand is six hundred and sixty bucks. Right. Well, that's sixty six hours right there. Just that part. Just that Just part. The, so I mean, yeah. yeah do, do, I mean, for, so the, if you actually are looking for a used car, it's a huge deal for you. I mean, my, my, my yep. niece was in an accident in um, Eisenhower. Fortunately, everybody's all right. The, her car was, was total. They just bought it two months mm-hmm. before. The Insurance company said, well, tell you what, we'll give you two grand more than you paid for. It. They paid, you know, seven thousand for it or something. They, so they, the insurance company guy gives them nine. Which I thought was pretty white of them, really, and uh, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they go online the same year, the same car. It's like a, it's like a, a Nissan, you know, two thousand and seven Nissan or something, and uh, the thing's like fifteen. <laughs> they they can't even come oh, yeah. close. I mean, to this day, she doesn't have a car. <laughs> it's like, it, it, you know, it's, and they gave her two over what she paid for it.
7: Well, I, mean, I I know for a fact that uh, I've, I've been still trying to figure out what i'm going to do as far as having a car down here and if i really want to do the drive back and forth every week or find other ways to get down here and then have a car that just stays down here so i've been looking for a car that might get driven 500 miles in a year all right. all right so here uh, i mean that's not an exaggeration i told you how close everything is
4: yeah but you need um, you have to work on your image and
7: and it, really anything that i would have confidence getting on the road in it's like it's at least 15 now.
4: Um, I would say get yourself like a 2005 three-quarter ton regular pickup.
7: You know, that's uh, and, and so funny. I um, I almost bought a pickup truck when I was in high school and a um, girl I was dating at the time said she'd break up with me because she wouldn't be seen in a pickup truck. But I kind of always wanted a pickup truck. And um, That maybe and Ford's actually Ford's coming out with an electric one.
4: That I'm going to say, if, uh, if, not
7: terribly expensive. I might go in that direction.
4: I'm going to say, uh, if you had Doshi, she'd have worked with you.
7: Um, yes, probably
4: wouldn't. But I mean, I want I want you a big stud one, a three quarter ton. You know, maybe yellow lights up top, the whole bit.
7: And it, and it would fit in quite well here. I parked
4: in the faculty lot, and there are
7: several of those
4: trucks. Oh yeah. Plus you get, you know, you don't have to go with the gun rack or anything like that, but put the, uh, put the cap on the back, you know, and get to the mm-hmm. recreational vehicle, and uh, you, you don't, you don't want to go with the, uh, the stainless steel kind of cap. That's, that's the white beater cap. You don't want that. that that's right. Not, right. You, know, you can't do that. So you get a real nice cap. You wouldn't worry about it if it snowed. You get a four-wheel driver. Know, the, big, the nice big tires, you'd, you'd be huge.
7: Yeah. And I'm so old, nobody's going to ask me to help them move.
4: Right, but people will ask you to borrow, which is okay. Yeah, that. You're, you're okay with that. So uh, yeah. what do you what do you got for predictions? We're going to have a, a break here reasonably soon, but we've got to get a few predictions for next year. What uh, you've, you've heard me ranting and raving about these uh, dates on the money supply, and, and I, I never thought these guys would go this low where they – or do the rest of us have to wait two days for, like, numbers that are supposed to come out on a certain date and the other people get it in, in advance? Did you ever think these guys have these kind of balls?
7: Uh Oh, yeah. i, I noticed, but, you know, you, you may not remember, but, you know, Clinton leaked one of the, not on purpose, but he, he kind of leaked one of the employment numbers once the day before. I thought Bush did, too. Uh, maybe, I you know, it, they bu- you know what? You know, I might be mixing up Clinton and Bush. Uh, it he was bl- but but he, he didn't... He
4: didn't, that did. he didn't spot out he the He didn't at He just said something
7: like we're going to get a really good employment yeah. number tomorrow. Yeah, he said,
4: well, we, well like I'm yeah. looking forward to tomorrow. we got a good employment number coming or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, but that was... Well,
7: we know it's floating around, and, you know, when... It, and I was listening in the first hour, um, and... it. You know when when, I I do talk about like in the investment banking class that I taught in the past, um, how when um, you know when Goldman Sachs has access to material inside information in the investment banking department, they are supposed to document every single person that has access to that information. So if it looks like uh, news of a deal leaked out, they can bet you know it's easier for them to backtrack. And you would think that that they should do something like that in the federal government, but they're not gonna. Because it's going to take Congress to pass something, and if Congress passes something like that, the next thing you're going to have is anybody that impacts pointing the finger and saying, well, if you're doing it to us, you've got to do it to yourselves as well. And we know they're not going to do it to themselves. AOC brought it up recently, which, God love her, I thought this was a great idea, that you know people in Congress should not be able to trade stocks. And Nancy Pelosi responded with, it's a free market. Of course, we should be able to, which I find so
4: hypocritical. Uh, <laughs> hey, when we come back from break, I have a, I have a little story to tell you because we had we did have a guest on uh, pre Russell years ago that talks okay. just about that in in in, in uh, Washington, and I'm I'm going to say that if they want to, they can. From what this guy told us, I assume he was telling us the truth because mm-hmm. he came on the show, and why would he come on to tell lies? But you never know. Anyway, SP futures oh. down fifty cents, and Nasdaq futures down eight. Uh, be back in a couple minutes, Russell, and we'll talk about this and other stuff. We'll get some predictions for you. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. Stocks, jocks, stocks and and jocks You are
3: out of control Right here, right now,
4: right here, right now now. Hello and welcome to Stocks and Jacks, I'm somehow. Mr. Matt Weber And I'm going to get it right this time Eliani on the board that my good. That's there you me. go. there. right, I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> uh, I gave up on Angelica Blasenko, and she was AV. So I just got gave up on that. I couldn't do that, I couldn't do that 100 times a hundred times the morning. SP futures up fifty cents. Nasdaq futures up a quarter. They were just down six. And just popped back like on one tick, which is which is that's that's the kind of thin markets we've been having here this week, which is uh, to be expected. Dow futures are down uh, down a whole buck. So. Looks like a snoozer today. Uh, we do have a full week this week, by the way. There's no no day off for uh, New Year's Eve, and the uh, whenever New Year's is on a Saturday for sure, maybe a Sunday, we don't get uh, the day off. Uh, and we actually trade all day on Friday too. It's not a nooner. It's not a nooner, as they say. Uh, we we are actually we have to go all the way to the close. Uh, over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei on one hundred and sixty. Pretty much across the board, lower. Uh, UK down 162.6%, Shanghai down 33.9%, Hang Seng down 194.8%. So they're gonna really, I, I think those guys are gonna end up the year with a pretty sizable loss. We're gonna talk a little bit about, uh, uh, that with uh, Russell as well because we want to talk about those uh, Evergrande and the other couple places that have pretty much gone under, uh, that we're all feared about. They're going under. It hasn't really affected anybody too much. We're in Europe. we got the DAX down 79.5%. FTSE up 59.8%. CAC around down 17.24%. Uh, FTSE is the outlier there to the upside. Uh, yesterday as a way of review, Dow was up 95%. SP and p was down 5 NASDAQ down 89 So a mixed bag there with the Dow uh, fifth day up. Bonds we're not four basis points. 1.52. Besides, we've seen that in a little bit. uh wow, only minus 0. 0.21. Again, making that move uh, toward towards zero. Uh, they got put in ten basis points last time. It came right back the other way. So we'll see what happens this time. Japan unchanged at positive 0.06. Oil uh, down 24 cents, but 75.74. It's been a pretty good rally the last few weeks in the oil stocks. So there's a lot of people, you know, trumpeting that it's going to be going back to 100 bucks. Well. Last time they said that, it went down to 67. We'll see if this time they're right. Rent down 9 cents, $0.785. Natural gas down 20 cents. This is a big move. 425. It was under $4, uh, Monday. Uh, our Bob, uh, down, uh, well, down unchanged at 224. We got gold down 19 bucks, now 17.91. Uh, as the dollar is going up. Silver down 46 cents, 22.66. Copper down 1 cent, 4.41. When I give you these money supply numbers, you just you'll be stunned at why you don't think gold's going up, but but it isn't. Uh crypto uh down one thousand to forty-six thousand seven ninety-four. Eliani, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports?
5: All right, everybody. Uh good morning. It is currently 7:36 AM, and we are looking at December 29th today. In sports, the Black, Haw- the Black Hawks the Blackhawks game last night was postponed. Uh Phoenix <coughs> Coyotes lost to the Sharks 7-8 in a shootout. Over to basketball, Notre Dame uh, beat Pittsburgh at 68-67 to last night. Huge loss last night, legendary coach and broadcaster John Madden passed away at the age of 85, sending all the well wishes to his family. And over to weather. In Chicago, we're looking at a very cloudy day for the rest of the day with a high of 34 and a low of 27. Over in Phoenix, starting to warm up a little bit with a high of 57 and a low of 45. And over to traffic reports. We have a really, really rough time on the road today. Lots of accidents. At I-55 uh, on Central, there is a structure fire that is still there between 25th and 26th. So please be careful driving. On two ninety going eastbound, there's an accident over at Harlem, as well as on two ninety west, there's an accident over by uh the right the Route 12 exit. 294 also we got an accident over by church street uh it's northbound so make sure you're driving careful over there i-94 is clearing up a little bit uh we have one accident on i-94 west over by route 6 and 59th and the last accident we have kind of nearing towards the suburbs at 355 north there is an accident over by swift road and that is everything chief off to you
4: the uh there you go Boy, learning, learning already. What the hell?
3: <laughs> Maddie, hey,
4: yeah, it's pretty, pretty darn good. Hey, uh, Russell, we had, we had a, we had a guy, a guy, from my, my South Side uh-huh. Roots, that was from the, uh, uh, Commodity Futures Group on one day, this, seven, eight years ago. CFTC? Yeah, CFTC. And he, and he was saying how when the numbers come out, you know, the beaks numbers, of crop reports and stuff, about how secure they are, because they really, obviously, I guess people in Congress don't care about these numbers. Or they'd want them in, in advance too, but uh, he said they absolutely were, were, were they, were, they were phobic about those numbers not getting out. They would order, uh, there's one floor in a building that would get the numbers. Uh, everybody's, mm-hmm. everybody's cell phones had to be out in the hallway. Uh, they would order food in like an hour before the number came in so nobody had to leave for lunch. And if you came into that floor or whatever it was, any time in there you you could not leave until the numbers were published, and they had people you know publishing into the various uh, news organizations fax machines, whatever people but everybody got it at like the exact same instant he goes the weird story is that somehow or another the security wasn 't as as tight as it was supposed to be, and some guy's in filling up the veng- vending machines and they go you, you can 't leave <laughs> the guy goes. What do you mean? I can't leave. I am parked out in front. I get. It. We don't care. We'll have our security guys make sure you don't get a ticket. So they stuck the guy in the in like the cafeteria room. Said, "Here, have some lunch." They had great chow. They they, they kept the guy there for like two hours because they said you can't leave. Cause you're, you're you're close to where the number. So I I think if they wanted to, they could. They don't want to. They the regular mm-hmm. people are supposed to get these numbers, and you and I aren't. It's just simple. It's as simple as that. I think.
7: It is. No, and there's, there's no way to, you know, completely flood up the potential leakage there.
4: Well, I'm going to, I'm going to lab one more there, thing there, here there.
7: There isn't. And I do think that we could probably, in this day and age, they probably could get the numbers to a lot of them, a lot quicker than they can now. Not, not up to the moment, but you know, definitely next day. We could, we could have, you know, at least a weekly, uh, real time, you know, M1, M2 type of number coming out. And beyond that, we get, uh, we do get, uh, week, a weekly read on the different, different market participants and whether they're long or short, different futures contracts. And there's a three day lag on that. I'll bet you we can get that more quickly than we used to in the past as well. But that's a pretty hefty number because you're talking about, uh, getting reports from all the different futures, uh, FCMs out there. Uh, and compiling all
4: that data and putting
7: it out in three days. Yeah. You can't, I mean, you can't tell me that if, if that can be done, some of these other numbers can't be done more
4: quickly. Well, here, I'm, I'm going to push you one step further on this and I would love your comments because mm-hmm. I, I might be over the top on this, but I honestly don't think I am, Russell. Uh, one of the things I think the numbers, uh, this month were late is I think they proved unequivocally that the people we pay did nothing but lie to us like a friggin' l- rug all month. The money supply mm-hmm. number for November shows a 14% annual increase. Yeah. And so the yeah. numbers are, and the in the the, ba- the Fed balance sheet, which is supposed to be cutting back down to like zero growth in, in by March. And mm-hmm. uh, we had a, the week all these guys were talking, and, and Janet Yellen and Biden and everybody were all talking about how, we're going to fl- fight inflation. I remember telling everybody they went up ninety billion dollars in that week. Okay, that was the third week weekend uh, December. So you could you could have you could have knocked me over. Basically, I just assumed that they did that because they were talking that week and wanted to make sure the markets didn't go down. Which I've noticed a pattern that whenever they're yeah. they're doing their policy week. They're pouring more money in because they don't want the market to go down while well, they're coming up with their new, their new stupid policy. Uh, and I said that on purpose. So I, I assume that last week would be, would be low or the week after that would be lower. And in, fa- and in fact, they put another 40 billion in that week. If you'd have told me that number two days earlier, I would have been, I would have, I would easily have bought calls for everybody in, in my spider and I would have bought extra calls for Monday if I'd have known that number early. So it's not like this isn't tradable. It's not worth something. If you if you if you and I were sitting in a room and somebody walked in and said, "Hey, you two knuckleheads, think that the number's going down next week?" It's not. So December ended up being a a a a damn near a record month. What are they? Were they trying to to spend every nickel on the balance sheet before they start pulling it back? I mean, what what's going? Is something weirds going on here, Russell?
7: Yeah, there was a a, there was a big push higher. As far as repurchases go Before they said we're going to start tapering There really was And uh, You got You got to question what's really going on there I, You know the lag on those numbers And, and you know, you've always said well The trading desk can figure this one out But the lag on those numbers I really do think They should just start tapering and not Tell us and then tell us In, in hindsight Oh by the way we started tapering last month And it didn't kill the market Um so I, I, you know, I don't, I don't get the idea behind telegraphing like they do as well. But that definitely was a, uh, I, I you would not have expected that number. Maybe they, you know, maybe they wanted to. It's kind of like a company guiding expectations lower and then, uh, giving you an upside surprise.
4: Oh, but but who are they giving so it to, to?
7: One more bump into the end of the year.
4: But who are they giving it to? They're giving it to somebody who knows the number that when everybody else goes to short bonds, buys them, and people are gonna say, why is that guy buying them? <laughs> <laughs> now you know why, because he knew. it yeah.
7: Now, whatever, why are the dukes? Why are the dukes here? And why is their guy buying?
4: Yeah, why is their guy buying? Get in on it. It doesn't change, does it? It's a. Uh, I mean, I, but 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 I I just get to this ridiculous point where this is a game being played by our employees. I mean, we're paying the guy's salary. We're not we're not paying him to tell us he's doing one thing and tell somebody else he's doing something else so they can make dough at our expense. I mean, right? No,
7: we're not. And but it's going on. You can't. I mean, you just can't play all the leaks. You know that you can't play all. Well, I mean, this is intentional. Around the margins forever, but you could create fewer opportunities for leaks.
4: Well, I, I see. When I'm, I'm, I'm over, yeah. I'm, I'm on a, a two steps to a chessboard here. One is a leak. One is the Fed specifically telling you they're cutting back when they know they're putting in.
7: That, no, that's that's the bug.
4: that's not leak. <laughs>
7: talking their bucks. Yeah, would like, like, yeah, let's do it one more shot. And not that not I don't really think they cared that much about the profit loss on the trading that they do, which completely, you know, whacks out the market.
4: Right, by the way, they got another week yep. to go in December, so it could even go higher. So what, do you, what well, are your... Maybe, par-
7: maybe, you know what, maybe they bumped up a bunch because they're going to... Because maybe they're taking this week off. You
4: know? Well, I mean, as, as you and I know, I mean, when people uh, say... Why why are the you'll you'll hear people you know I don't care where you're at a library a bar you say, man, I can't believe uh these the same stocks are like are like going up, and apple keeps going up every time you put a nickel or a dollar in your in your s and p account or something else forty five cents of it is going into five stocks why so w- the 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 end of the day we're the ones that are buying this this relentless mm-hmm. upward pressure, and i I don't I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, the, really, uh, right now the people who are being eviscerated by the inflation, they have, they have zero voice, Russell. Where, where, do, where does this end? I mean, is, it is, is it end in a bad oh, way? It's, going
7: good? In, it's, it's gonna end badly. It's gonna end badly. I think it's gonna be next year. I think, I think 2022 is gonna be one for the books. unfortunately.
4: what is uh, um, is there, is there any way around it? Is there any way? I mean, if, if, if you and I got put in there and I actually think that if we, If they tone back on it to a reasonable number, and we actually did get some, I'm getting a a bullish feel, not from this price of the market or anything, Uh one thing I heard yesterday, that people who get the Omicron variant, which, despite what they try to not tell us, is much easier on you in the Delta, are now, it appears that you're then immune for at least a while towards getting the Delta. That one, if you get this one, (coughs) You're not going to get the other stuff. Which, if that's true, it's probably the best piece of news. You know, it's, oh, all, yeah. it's almost like yeah. the big guy upstairs said, "I'm tired of these people screwing around. With this. Uh, it's, I'm disgusted with them. I'm going to give them a new variant. We're all going to get it, and it will be all right." Six months from now, I mean, there's, yeah, it's there's,
7: like it's like having a chicken box party for your kids.
4: Yeah, there, there might be <laughs> there might be hope for us. But if there is, I I think we could we could and if we get rid of some stuff in the economy, uh, you know, allowed allowed uh. Uh, banks to actually start you know not allowed, but you know start lending money again to not just to five or six people uh, I think we could actually grow this economy from this spot, and we maybe could find a way to to have the market stay sideways for a couple of years and have the economy grow into it. I still think there 's a chance of that, but if there 's many more months like this, you don 't tell people you 're fighting inflation and put and put a percent and, to, and, in a,
7: and, and, and. Gasoline on the fire, right? You and know, and then you got a president
4: who's was, who's was, who's was so behind the times, which I was surprising because he was alive when all this happened last time. He's talking about uh, ramping up the antitrust division as a way to keep down prices. Is even if he was remotely successful, he's talking a decade away, isn't he? Yeah. No, we're not
7: talking about something that it, it, there's no. Uh, um, fiscal policy, which is basically things that the president or Congress would do, there's really no fiscal policy that fixes this.
4: Well, there you, could stay, you, you would you would uh, a, you would stop. Well, there sort of is. I mean, if you're spending more than yeah, you're taking I think, in, I think
7: I think it would all push it would push the ball down the road a little bit. And we'd still have a comeuppance and just make it worse. Um, I don't think there's any good fit.
4: The fiscal side, how's that? Well, uh, the uh, professor, you, you and I know, and I don't want to get too technical here. That you you could the the fiscal policy and, and the and the monetary policy have become way too intertwined. That's why to, yeah. to, to, to use one or, word or to use one word instead of the other. If they tomorrow were to say, or if Powell had the had the, had the stones, which he doesn't, or, or he doesn't have the power really, for him to say, you can pass the next trillion dollar bill. I hope you plan on borrowing all trillion dollars of it, or raising taxes to get it? Because I'm not helping you. He he could do that right now. He's yeah. he's he's giving them fifty percent, forty five percent of the budget every year. He, he's yeah. he's he's making the money up for them. He's he's printing it. He he could stop that. So when they when they say this is fiscal policy, you and I know it's not. Because if they didn't have the money, the the, the, monetarist, the money, money side printing the dough, they couldn't be doing what they're doing. Because they're not about to go raise taxes or or borrow that kind of money, are they? I don't the right. think they could. No,
7: they they they're, they're kind of reaching a point where it's going to be difficult to do that. Um, and I, you know, they what you know. We get the, the guy from West Virginia who's been completely vilified. Um, he's pushing back for the right reasons he might sure not is. be messaging as well as he can but I, I do think he's uh, he sees the big picture and that's why he's trying to put the brakes on all this stuff
4: well I mean it's to me again we, we like to focus as a country uh, we just yeah. become collectively ignorant or what I mean, The the question is not how one guy questions his bill the question is how all the rest of the people don't question it
7: exactly you know I thank God we've got one guy that you know and I don't I I don't look at it as him citing you know what? have you ever seen I'm a big World War II guy have you ever seen there's a picture of like a whole bunch of people at a Nazi rally and there's one guy with his arms folded and doesn't do the you know doesn't do the Nazi salute um you know, and I'm, I'm sure that he was never heard from again two weeks later.
4: From his Shot. But that's shot. how
7: I, that's how I think of the, this guy from, uh, West Virginia. If he's, it's not a party thing. He's just popping up and going, guys, this is ridiculous.
4: Well, the guy from, we,
7: uh, you know, we, we're, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna inflation our way out of existence, if, you know, if we don't put the brakes on some of this stuff.
4: Well, just remember the people in the Weimar Republic called it a success. Because they got to I renegotiate.
7: But now, well, you're, you're, tell you
4: well, let me ask you this. You're not, you're not, you, you, uh, you've read many books without pictures, so I can ask you anything. The the no. Dick, the Dick Durbins of the world said for, about Manson. Is it Manson or Mansion? Uh, the guy from West Virginia, uh, pronounced his name. Oh, yeah. But he, he was saying, this means that kids aren't going to get insulin when they need it. Kids aren't going to do this. And I'm saying, you know what dick there's got to be twenty things that you have privy to the bill, which by the way, nobody else seems to have there's probably twenty things in there, like like motherhood and apple pie that everybody is going to support. Why don't you pull those twenty things out and vote on them and pass it but they can't ever why 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 do we have to take the the, the you know the the vinegar with the, with the wine
3: yeah
7: i mean we uh, all know, we all sure know that... In, th- in a lot of states. Have what's referred to as the line item veto. A line item veto for the president would be awesome.
4: Well, he wouldn't use it. This guy,
7: this guy wouldn't use it. But the fact that it's there might result because you know, let, let's say I'm the, you know I'm the, I'm the congressman from Hinsdale, which is for people that don't know, it's a pretty um, wealthy community, and I'm the congressman for the North Shore, and um, you know, the, there's there's a spending bill that. that you know, there's something like the emergency spending in 2008, and somehow I slip in there, uh, five million bucks to uh, pump in some white sand on the beaches up on the North Shore, so it's you know prettier for our residents. Uh, you know, if we had a president that had the ability to do a line-item veto, he could line-item veto and then he could call me out on it at the same time.
4: He still could call you on it, but they don't.
7: That, that, no, I know they don't. Well, but
4: disagree it, disagree with me here, please, because I don't want to be right yeah. on this one. I am going to say, I am going to, I am going to really go out on the on the gang plan here, bank here. I am going to say that the, this this guy is pissing off the Republicans as much as he is the Democrats.
7: Is it, that's what I meant when I yeah. said he was like the guy in the black and white picture holding his arms. It's not that he's siding with one side or the other. He's just popping up and going, guys, what
3: we're doing here is ridiculous.
4: Well, I am going to, I am going to go further. I am going to say that. In the bill, if you and I could could read it, or had the time to even want to read it, which I don't think I want to, but I'm going to you say can't that, read it
7: because it didn't pass.
4: Well, what I'm saying is I a, I will bet you that the Republican districts got just as much graft as the Democratic districts.
7: Oh, I'm I'm sure that well
4: almost as, much, almost as much, almost as much, and I'm going to say that even though they all want to vote against it, the majority of Republicans want it to pass.
7: Then why aren't they voting
4: for it? Because they want to be seen as being obstructionist against it, but they're, they're gleefully going to take the check heading for their spot and and and, if, and there's heading for their district. It's not like How are
7: you going to make me read this damn bill. No, but I'm saying, um, I
4: mean, there's no, there's no way I believe that that a, that a Republican district is not getting a dime. I mean, that's they they don't work that way. They, they they don't call each other out on on whether or not. I mean, you not you don't see. Uh, me, me debating you, and I'll go, hey, Russell, hey, of, of course, of course you're up for the, uh, that new bridge. The bridge guy just stuffed five grand in your back pocket. I mean, you'll never hear any one of those guys do that, because they're all donut. They have, they have, they have, oh, I'm
7: sure, I'm sure they are. I'm just, you know, what's the incentive behind the office of the bill to, uh, to, to give the Republicans very much if they're going to vote against it? You don't think we've reached a point where there's, uh, so much infighting that, you know, that the Republicans aren't quite getting what they used to get. Well,
4: but look, the, the bill sort of started out, started out. I mean, it's, there's there's pieces of this bill, I'll bet Russell. Well, I don't know where the hell is, uh Wayne when we need him. I'll bet there's pieces of this bill, there's bridges that need to be repaired that have been, been hanging around in Washington for a decade. Now they all oh, kind of, yeah. they all kind of dropped down on this bill. I'm going to say that this bill has to be Ninety percent the same bill that Trump was working on two years ago, the same oh, bridges Trump's the right. same places oh yeah so it 's not like in trump 's bill like every every bridge is going to fall apart in a democratic district or a democratic state, and all of a sudden now uh-uh, your bridge is falling apart mine 's getting fixed i don't, i don 't think it's anything like that but 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 they have to put up this this front that they 're fighting about everything they 're not fighting about yeah. everything they 're they're, they're getting the checks as well as other people, I think.
7: Well then, one of them should step. Whoever gets the biggest check should step across and vote for
4: it. Um, but you know, but they have they have their they have their their message they're sending to the people. How I, know. I mean, I think it's all screwed up. I think it's all screwed up right here.
7: Oh, it's it, well, and again, I think that's one of the reasons he's popping it up. Hey, we got to talk about this football game on Saturday. Yeah, playing your school. Yeah, what? the... both states. You, you, guys, what, is you our, what is our wager?
4: Um, I'll do a McDonald's breakfast next time you're in town.
7: Awesome. So what do I have to do? I brought you coffee for
4: like half a year. Well you got you gotta show up with the breakfast and I'll give you the scratch. Okay. All right. Well we'll go with
7: that. One. I
4: mean you you will be here. What what else do you want to do? You you want to bet the pickup truck that you need? <laughs> By the way, I found I'll, one I'll, I'll
7: bet my beater against your beater. I'll, I'll, I'm playing yeah. pink slips, baby.
4: I found you when I uh, I don't don't be don't be buying some uh, half ton. We need you in a three quarter ton.
7: Um, you know, I'm really it, my my wife's in the car. If, I, if she wasn't in the car, I'd tell you I'm really looking at a motorcycle.
4: Oh God! Yeah, oh God. she said once
7: I reach fifty, she, that, that, that I can start doing anything I want. Yeah, I, you, 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 I, I don't, I don't
4: want, I don't want you driving up I-65 On some motorcycle uh, On a donor cycle.
7: You, do we ever? You know, you know, like the bike rental in Chicago, they have a scooter rental in Indianapolis. And I did get hit by a car taking a scooter home from school one night. That's that's um, what my wife got me for Christmas. A uh, helmet? A
4: scooter. Oh. Uh, what did she have? Electric,
7: electric scooter. She did didn't find me a helmet.
4: Right, did the, did the she's nurse. Not, she's nodding no right now. Did the uh, nurse schedule a treatment for the big increase in the life insurance?
7: No, man. I, well, that, that probably is the next thing.
4: Oh, God. Wait, it's, uh, it's, I'll, right.
7: I'll, I'll run that one past her and find out if that's the appointment she made for me. And, well, in no,
4: if she was smart, she'd get just as much as she can without you having to do a physical.
7: Uh, well I no I think maybe the, I think she's going to really steep
4: out there. Oh then you got then you gotta bend over. Bend over. Yeah.
7: Oh
3: my
7: god. <laughs> you don't know want to do oh, that. Oh
3: Lord
4: <laughs> You you know for sure. By the way, why am I doing this? How your wife just bought you a two million dollar insurance policy. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh really? What's <laughs> more
7: surprising. So are there
4: any chance of two thousand twenty two being a good year for all of us? I think so. I
7: know.
4: I am I am so happy that you got I your think PhD I think in the
7: first half we get $100 oil um, And we get a nice um, I'm, I'm keeping my powder dry For a nice buying opportunity for equity
4: Why, why do you think uh, I'm, I'm the only guy not on this $100 oil bandwagon, right? Uh
7: the reason, I, the reason I think it is First off uh, In 20, 2021 This is going to be the least amount of new oil Discovered in the world in 75 years So the supply is getting a little Screwed up there uh, if we if we continue to get a chance to reopen the economy, the demand side is going to be pretty high. Uh, also, Mexico just said they're going to stop exporting um, oil by 2023. And, the, you know, we talked about different types of refineries. There are refineries that are only set up to accept that kind of oil. Oh, yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the alternative would have been the Keystone Pipeline, but that's been shut down.
4: Uh, I agree, but I, I just would. I'd love to see a supply curve. Maybe next week we'll talk about it. If oil goes from sure. seventy to eighty-five, how much? How much oil is? He's
7: agreed to come on.
4: Cool. So we'll have oh, a- a- an expert. You, I'll, you... I'll, I'll work it out. All right, cool, man. Hey, happy New Year, uh, and uh, I guess good luck to your team. I hope you don't win, but I hope you know good luck.
3: I don't know. Yeah.